I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Because I raised my hand as I was recalling what my recruiter had told me and how smart I thought I was being at the time. Gonzo, the Coast Guard Years, Boot Camp, Episode 7, White Belts, Black Belts, and Sir, you're on, sir. If it's not obvious by now, Coast Guard Boot Camp really isn't a cakewalk. I haven't even touched on a lot of the details, just a few of them. One of the things they attempt to do in boot camp is to weed out those that are not a good fit for the Coast Guard and, of course, the overall Coast Guard mission. The Coast Guard doesn't want robots. What they do want and need are individuals that can work as part of a team, follow orders, and be able to function in a high-stress and physically stressful environment. Almost everyone that goes through Coast Guard boot camp in Cape May ends up in the fleet right out of boot camp. But there's no telling where you might end up right away. But there is a good chance it's going to be somewhere on the coast, like you could end up in an isolated duty station such as at to Alaska. Go ahead, look it up. Not a place for most people. Definitely not a place for me. You could end up on a buoy tender. That is hardcore work. I mean, those dudes bust their asses on a buoy tender. You could end up as a seaman on a small boat station. Depending what you're doing there, that could be really cool too. Go out and do search and rescue a lot. Or you could end up on a big old white one, a Coast Guard cutter. There's medium endurance cutters, there's high endurance cutters. And now they have uh, these new homeland security type cutters. I forgot the real name for them, but whatever. This is not about modern day. This is about stuff when I was in, you know, when we barely had engines. Nah, just kidding. I'm not that old. There are other places a recruit might end up, but those are, the, those are the major big ones, the ones that people usually get, small boat stations, buoy tenders, Coast Guard cutters, stuff like that. As I've been relaying to you all, you have to get through your company commander before you leave Cape May and be a Coast Guardsman or Coast Guardswoman or person. I don't even know what the PC term for that is right now. But having said that, there are a few people that don't make it to the end at least back in 1987, they had a way of identifying the people that weren't going to make it out of boot camp. They wore belts, and they, they're like these big, sort of wide, you know, web-type canvas-looking belts. You had a black belt or a white belt. 
The white belt was for those that were not eligible to be in the Coast Guard due to medical reasons, or at least that was my understanding. The white belts and the black belts stayed in Monroe Hall, away from the regular recruits. I'm sure this made sense for a number of reasons. You could almost sympathize with the white belts because it wasn't really their fault that they were being um, discharged from Coast Guard boot camp. I mean, most of them didn't know they had some uh, medical issue and before they got there. Then there are the black belts. Normally in the land of regular people, a black belt such as a karate or taekwondo black belt, that was something to be proud of. Hell, your friends and your family are normally proud of that kind of achievement, right? But in Coast Guard boot camp, at least in 1987, being a black belt meant you were an asshole. You were getting kicked out for disciplinary reasons. I mean, it could have been because you failed a drug test. But usually I think it's because people refuse to train. Refusing to train basically meant you decided to say fuck it and not participate in boot camp activities. I mean, boot camp activities included getting cranked, getting yelled at, and basically, you know, doing what you're told. You had opportunities to unfuck yourself all through boot camp. I mean, they gave you multiple opportunities to get your shit together. But once you got that black belt, you were pretty much done. So remember back in episode one, I talked about um, a guy who rode on the airplane with me, a mousy boy. Well, that dude, he, his dad was a Coast Guard commander, which is an 05, so um, a senior ranking officer in the U.S. Coast Guard. Yeah, that guy, well, sometime around week three or before week three or something like that, he decided to say fuck it and refused to train. He apparently was a super asshole and the, like a big, big time rebel. So I... Who'd have thought that this guy whose dad was a, a Coast Guard officer would end up uh, saying fuck it and end up, you know, wearing the black belt and getting, getting booted out? It doesn't surprise me or it wouldn't surprise me that by now he's probably some like super evil genius or something like that. I'm sure Mousy Boy didn't do his dad any favors. I mean, getting tossed out of Coast Guard boot camp is like an embarrassing deal. And the Coast Guard in general is kind of small compared to the other services. So there's a good chance that somebody knew this kid's dad was a uh, commander in the Coast Guard while he was in boot camp. I'm sure the company commanders all knew it. Um, so the fact that he got kicked out, word spreads really fast uh, about people. I mean, you're always going to run into somebody at one point or another that you knew in boot camp or you run into somebody at your first duty station that you knew from a boot camp or whatever. That, that uh, shit happens all the time. I'm sure that sort of sucked for his dad. Um, if nothing else, it was just um, egos getting bruised quite a bit. So what really sucked for white belts and black belts is that they were stuck at Cape May for, I think, eight weeks, or at least until the company you arrived with graduated. And you got all the shit detail. You still had to march everywhere and all that kind of crap. But, you know, they just made you do stuff like pick up trash around the place, uh, just generally cleaning up around the joint and just not fun stuff. Anyway, I guess everyone got handled a little differently. And, um, yeah. The Coast Guard had to recoup their money somehow for flying you out there and doing medical and all screenings and all this kind of stuff. So they kind of wanted to keep you around. So speaking of black belts, I did mention in previous episodes about the IT ninjas. 
or the intensive training regulars is what they were. If you got like five demerits or something like that, you got to hang out with the boot camp training duty officer or TDO in the evening. This was the guy whose mission it was to waste a bunch of your time, like an hour's worth, from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. This gave you just a little bit of time to square your shit away before taps, lights out, and all that kind of fun stuff. For those of you that do fitness boot camps, this was pretty much that, except worse. Trust me, it's worse. But at 18, you, you, your body sort of adjusts pretty quickly to, um, you know, the, the beatings. I had been to IT at least once before week four or week five. I don't know why I was there. I mean, I must have made a shitbag or something. But anyway, after week four or five, I was there pretty regularly. So a few times a week, our company commander would come to the squad bay. The females in our company from the, would come up from the first floor to our squad bay, and we'd have a Victor company meeting. Most times it was to talk about what we had done that day, the good and the bad, things that were on the schedule as far as training activities for the following day or the upcoming days. Also, he'd tell us the process for getting training once we got to our first units and about opportunities that a few recruits would have to um, take in Cape May after boot camp graduation uh, so they can improve their armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery Scores, or ASVAB. This basically meant a few recruits would stay, take some classes so they can retake the ASVAB so they could qualify for a Coast Guard school. And this is about the time that my story sort of takes a sudden turn south. Or perhaps I was uh, heading toward the light at the end of the tunnel, and as I'm sure you guessed it, the light was actually a goddamn train. So our company commander was telling our company that at the discretion of your first duty station, if your ASVAB score wasn't quite high enough for a particular school that you wanted, you could request a waiver of up to five points. And now... I seem to have lost my motherfucking mind at this point because I raised my hand as I was recalling what my recruiter had told me and how smart I thought I was being at the time. So I said to my company commander with uh, just a tad bit of smugness, Sir, I hate to tell you you're wrong, sir, but you're wrong. The waiver is only for three points. And at that point, the room went silent. Although there were a few groans and gasps, but, um, so uh, a few people I'm sure um, were thinking, oh, Gonzo, you done fucked up. Our company commander's face turned beet red. He sat up in his chair just a little bit. He was very calm, but firmly told me to wait outside of his office. I knew I was in trouble. I really knew I was in trouble. Although at the time, my dumbass self wasn't thinking I was getting in trouble because I was wrong. I was getting in trouble because I told him he was wrong. I mean, honestly, you'd think I was doing everyone a favor by pointing this out. Mm, well, you'd be wrong, and I was wrong. I didn't do anyone a favor that evening, least of all myself. Well, 
maybe my CC, maybe I think I was doing him a favor. I mean, he could have needed practice cranking people, so I was going to give him an opportunity to sharpen his skills. As a matter of fact, it was going to be well over an hour of practice for him. The practice opportunity was so good, he invited two of his fellow company commanders to join him. As the company meeting ended, our CC came out to the hallway between the different squad bays. Um, this area was known as the quarter deck. As it turns out, our company was on firewatch duty that week, so my buddy Bowser, the one that sang the Shanana songs and whatnot, he was on watch. He later described the whole ordeal from his point of view and a train wreck that I was because uh, he got to watch it. And, um, yeah, it was really bad. So our company commander uh, had gone into his office and um, doing some last-minute CC duties and then talking to his company commander buddies. One of them was a guy, he was a... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Bosun's mate first class, so not quite a chief ho. Yeah, so he was the BM1, BM1 bow movement. <laughs> the other guy, I don't even remember his name. He was a chief too, but he wore these metal things, taps on his shoes, and everyone called him Clicks. So I'm going to refer to him as Clicks. So they're in his office. So the three of them are there sort of, you know, talking smack about me. Knowing I could hear them, so it was just sort of like, you know, head games going on. So my company commander calls out for me to square it, which is how he communicated for you to enter his office. Because you stood actually to the side of his door, and when he said square it, you took a step forward, 
came to attention. You sort of did a right face sort of thing, and then you walked in. I walk into his office, and I call out, Semen Recruit Gonzalez reporting his audit, sir. Okay, I didn't quite say it like that, and now I just sounded like some crazy British person. But we might have been that high, I was so scared. So the next bit, or hour of beating, was a little bit hazy, uh, but so th- this is sort of what I can vaguely remember. It all started off with them telling me that I did something wrong and what I did wrong and all that kind of hooey. Um, and each one of the three company commanders took their turns yelling at me and barking at me and asking me questions, and I was racking up demerits. I mean, I basically gave one company commander one demerit slip and gave the other one the other one. And so anyway, it was pretty much, it, I, mean, I, I was done for. I mean, that, that's all there was to say. It was at the end of the day um, when all this was going on. So my uniform wasn't what I would call quite an inspection-ready condition. At least not at that point. They, they, they spend their time like, you know, staring me up and down, looking at my uniform and stuff and making sure that they were going to just nitpick every little thing like an Irish pennant. Do you know what an Irish pennant is? It's a piece of thread that like is hanging off like a seam. It could be like hanging off of a button or something, but it's basically the little thread that's just sticking out somewhere. So they would, you know, mention, oh, you got Irish pennants everywhere. And so that's a demerit, 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 demerit. They're racking them all up. They even made me turn out my pants pockets and saw all the lint that was in my pocket. Well, of course, I'm a complete shitbag because I got lint in my pocket. And to make matters worse, my company commander is busy yelling at me and uh, throwing this guilt trip on me that he was supposed to be going to the pharmacy to pick up something for his wife, I guess medication or something. I don't know what it was. But he couldn't do that. It was going to be closed by the time he got there because he had to take care of me. Of course, I'm sit- I-, I didn't know much about anything. But as an 18-year-old kid, if you're putting someone like me over the needs of your family, you're either talking a bunch of bullshit or... You really have got your priorities fucked up. So anyway, 10 or 15 minutes of the verbal harassment and demerit collections, and then they tell me to go out to the quarter deck where Bowser was waiting. I mean, the look on his face, it was, it was partly, oh man, I feel sorry for your ass. And also, oh man, I'm glad I'm not you. Dude, don't look in my direction. But I, but, I, but I was looking at him, looking for a sympathetic, you know, sort of face. So it started off simple enough. It was, you know, jumping jacks. That, those weren't a big deal. I honestly think that the jumping jacks were like sort of like a warm-up for this whole thing that was about to happen. So a few minutes later, they've got me on the floor. They're screaming at me, calling me names, and, you know, just saying a lot of interesting stuff to me. So I'm doing push-ups, I'm jumping up, um, jumping back on the floor, getting yelled at, doing more push-ups, and then yelling for me to get back up, and they're like, ah, oh, you're too slow, get back down, and do more push-ups and all that kind of crap. So this went up and down, up and down, back to doing jumping jacks, running in place, wiggling my fingers, and back on the floor doing push-ups, and they make you, they put you on your back, and, you know, raise your feet six inches off the ground with your arms out and stuff, and then you got to you know, um, you know, move your feet like you're fluttering your feet or whatever. And just this went on and on and on and on. And then they rolled, they tell me, 
on your belly and they make you do the whole Superman pose, you know, where you kind of sort of arch your back and your hands and your feet are off the floor and you got to hold that crap. And, you know, that's that was really fun. I was really impressed with the fact that these people could tell you to, to basically do self-harm and you do it. Um, it, it I, I really don't understand that mentality. But anyway, that's a whole different kind of topic. So. This went on for quite a bit. There was more than one occasion where um, I thought I was about to just pass out because I was lightheaded. And it was at the end of the day. It's like, you know, it was sometime after. Oh, God, this was like had to be like going on after nine o'clock at some point. So but they weren't done with me. There's this thing that you do called swimming the quarter deck. So basically you are uh, dragging your body from one end of this hallway to the other end of the hallway and back. They make you drag your body across the floor. At this point, I think I was just lucky to be moving. I'm on my stomach and I've got my arms out and I'm literally dragging myself across this linoleum floor. And every time my feet touched the floor, they were screaming at me to get my feet up. And why? Because I was leaving black scuff marks everywhere. My arms were jello. And this whole thing really, really sucked. So anyway, they, they tell me I've got one minute to do this whole business. And uh, suffice to say, I did not make it in the one minute time frame. So by the time I got back, you know, they're still screaming at me for being slow, sick, lame and lazy and all this kind of other, you know, ridiculous stuff. So because I didn't make it, they had me doing more jumping jacks, you know, get downs, get ups, push ups, running in place, finger wiggling and all that kind of bullshit. This went on. And I remember that they stopped, you know, physically beating me uh, when they, they weren't beating me. They were making me beat myself. Let's just be clear. This was just, you know, me causing self-harm because they were telling me to hurt myself because um, this was supposed to motivate me somehow to be a better person. So this all stopped a little bit before taps and um, taps is at 10 o'clock. And I had racked up a shit ton of demerits at this point. Um, They told me then, or my company commander told me then, that I was supposed to be going to IT every night until he told me to stop going. So all in all, this catastrophe of the evening was just that, a catastrophe. Three company commanders kicked my behind, and I'm sure that they were going over and over and over in their heads thinking, uh, ah, we got that kid. We'll straighten his ass out, blah, 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 blah. But going on in my head, I was just basically saying, you can go fuck yourself. I managed to get through this beating as horrible as it was. Fuck you guys. And maybe that was their intention to see how, 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 how hard I was going to keep going. Who knows? I, I don't know. And if all that wasn't bad enough, the cherry on top was that I needed to clean all the black scuff marks that I had created off the floor before I could get into my rack. Like I said, it was almost taps. The CCs left. Um, I had a can of Neverdoll that Bowser brought to me and a uh, thing of GP, uh, general purpose cleaner, and a rag to start cleaning. So I'm on my hands and knees cleaning away. Taps had come, and for a few more minutes, I'm on the floor, and I'm just scrubbing away, spraying this general purpose cleaner, and rubbing with the rag, and using Neverdoll, and just sort of doing this all together. 
Bowser had been relieved from watch, and uh, the guy that relieved him was Mr. Alternative Music Guy. Um, so I'm going to call him Morrissey, but he's the guy that sang all the alternative music. So yeah, we'll call him Morrissey. He walked up to me and just told me to go to my rack. And I was like, oh, dude, I got to stay out here. I got to you know, do all this cleaning and stuff and blah, 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 blah. Well, he was going to be out there for Firewatch for the next two hours. And he said he would clean up my mess. I, I, I just don't know what to say. Uh, I feel like an ass for not remembering his name, but that was probably one of the greatest acts of kindness that anyone had ever done for me, at least at that point. Uh, I owe Bowser and Morrissey quite a bit. They were both really super cool, and uh, they, 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 they took care of my, uh, my poor dumb ass. Oh, as it turns out, I went to IT from that point till the end of week six, which was just before we had our on-base liberty on-base liberty really wasn't all that fun. It was just kind of boring. I mean, there was, there was no fun to be had. You just basically walked around in your uniform without getting yelled at every single moment. You could actually sit down. Like, uh, we went to these picnic tables, and we drank sodas, drank water, and we just talked amongst ourselves and just, just said a bunch of stupid shit. It was just... But... It was kind of a relief. You didn't have to worry about being on your toes 24-7. But all the same rules and protocols sort of were in place. We had to march everywhere still. We had to salute everybody we saw and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't so bad. It was off-base liberty that things got a little weird. Um, it's kind of funny. Um, we had a few people that had been uh, reverted from a, uh, a company that was there before us and had ended up in our company and... A couple of them were a little, um, how should we put it? Um, they were loose, They're loose. Some of the, some of the, some of the people were there were kind of loose and, um, that is going to have to wait till a uh, future episode. I will say this though. One of the people that, um, was what, that I thought was a little loose ended up at my first duty station with me, but they showed up a couple of months later and that itself is like a whole nother thing that was just, yeah, it was, um, it was like a, a whole soap opera. I mean, it was the things that happen in the Coast Guard. And I guess it's like every place, really every, every place it was, there was like crazy workplace romances, the things that they tell you shouldn't do, but it happened all of the time. I mean, ludicrous amount of times. You've been listening to Gonzo, the Coast Guard ears, written and produced by Tim Gonzalez, and I'm Nicholas Gonzalez, the voice guy. Join us Monday for another episode of Gonzo, the Coast Guard ears. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. 
So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.